Welcome to the Coach's Plan podcast, Plan to Coach with Coaching New Brunswick. I'm your host, Ashley Milani, manager of coaching education with Coach New Brunswick and uh, rowing coach, swimming coach, strength conditioning coach. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. As you can probably guess by my intro, this is a podcast for coaches by coaches. Today, we're lucky enough to be joined by John Edwards from the UNB. John, you want to take a second and explain to the lovely people who you are? Sure, sure. I'm an, I'm an associate professor at uh, the University of New Brunswick in the Faculty of uh, Kinesiology. Um, a lot of my work uh, deals with uh, understanding coaching systems, uh, coaching motivations, uh, and the volunteer coach. And um, uh, I, I, teach, I teach in the faculty uh, delivery systems, uh, marketing and sponsorship, um, and uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, and what about what about your personal life, John? Long walks on the beach, things like that. <laughs> well, you know, long walks on the beach are always important for uh, for good sanity purposes. But uh, I, to be honest, I, I love uh, watching my kids uh, play. Um, I, I was more prone to hockey growing up, but my kids have uh, diverged away from that, and they are into basketball and and swimming. And I love watching them play. I love being involved with them. Uh, and uh, I, I tend to like to golf. Uh, that's one of my passions is, is that I golf and I've been golfing since I was about six years old. So nice. How's this year been for you? It's it hasn't been existent because <laughs> I've have uh, had um, too much work to do um, with a lot of the research I've been doing. And I've just been uh, extremely busy right at the moment. So I haven't had a lot of chance to get out this year, but uh, hopefully in the next few weeks I can rectify that. Well, we appreciate the effort you put towards your research because that's why we're talking to you today. So we're going to be talking a little bit today about uh, the barriers and costs to coaching and to volunteer coaches, um, not only in terms of, of finances, but in terms of time. Um, John, why don't you introduce your study a little bit to us? So, so uh, it's it's a study that looks at, at the cost of being a volunteer coach, and it was a study that was conducted by myself and uh, Corey Kaczewski from the University of Regina. And uh, uh, the the catalyst was it for a couple of years ago. I, I did a uh, I hosted a hockey conference, and in that hockey conference, uh, Corey actually had presented the cost of of, of being of playing ice hockey at the youth level and in walking through that. And him and I got to talking and we thought it would be just a, a great idea to actually figure out what the costs are of being a volunteer coach. What are those things that we think about uh, or we t- even take for granted, I guess, would be some of the things and, and figure out, you know, what what is it that co- costs money for a coach? Because it's funny that we use the word volunteer, but in a lot of ways, it's not volunteer. They're paying out of their own pockets just to, you know, make it to the rink, make it to the field, make it to the court. And so we uh, we wanted to see what those costs were. And, and, you know, the catalyst was we wanted to help organizations appreciate their coaches more. Maybe they need to rethink what they're giving them as, as gifts or, you know, or on the other side of it, this is an opportunity for organizations to really look at, you know, who are who are we going for sponsors? Because we were able to break down what uh, um, where they're getting fuel, where what hotels are going to, all that kind of thing. Yeah, like it's not just the the emotional um, and mental investment that a lot of volunteers put into it. It is really time, money, um, their own their own resources. Maybe they have equipment at home. Like they like as a volunteer coach myself, I know it takes a lot to uh, keep keep your team running at full speed. Yeah. Um, what did you find was uh, one of the biggest, biggest costs to volunteer coaches? 
Well, I think the biggest cost that we actually did find was the loss of wages uh, when it is to uh, be a volunteer coach. I mean, we, we, we had people explain that. Uh, I'll give you three examples, actually. There was a, a loss. Uh, one individual said that they lost over $10,000 per year. I mean, that's a lot of money oh to be gosh. losing. Um, one person said that they quit their job to be a volunteer coach to coach their uh, son or daughter. Uh, they didn't really indicate which. but And and that was a job that that person was making $55,000 a year. Oh <laughs> so that, That's pretty extreme. But I um, if you're that committed to your cause, I, I know some parents or some coaches who would do just about anything for their team. Yeah. That's that's amazing, though, to think that someone would make that much of a sacrifice, though. Yeah, and, and I mean, the last one was even more phenomenal for us, a loss of $20,000 worth of wages, and that includes, like, overtime and vacation and things like that. Right. So in terms of the biggest cost, that was the biggest point that kind of came out, and and, it, and it's hard to think about that. Someone is going to volunteer their time and lose that much money. I mean, that's a lot of money. I mean, that... Some of this stuff is like a down payment on a house over a two-year period, right. right? If you think about it. Right. <laughs> Jeez. I um and and you know for some people like the the money may not be an object or it may not be a thing that they're they're certainly thinking about, but uh, the like young coaches like myself and and my peers that is definitely something at the forefront of our mind. It's um uh the wages would is definitely one of the um. I would say one of the biggest barriers in my own personal experience or the experience of my peers. And, uh, or if I, if I think about like the, the, t- the cost of lost wages through time away from traveling to events and, and practices and, and what have you, um, as when you're starting out your career, you might not always get the opportunity to take that, or you might be putting part of your career in jeopardy. If you say, Oh, I need time for this. And I need time for that. Um, did you find that that was another one of the one of the costs coming out of it, like the the, the actual time away from t- family and so in so we did two parts to the study. One was a qualitative part, and one was a quantitative yeah. part. Certainly, the time issue was was a a, a factor that came out, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't as predominant as we thought. And in terms of when we looked at the qualitative, i.e., we we did interviews with coaches and things like that. The biggest, the biggest thing we saw was that, and the biggest barriers that came out were were the politics that were surrounding sports, and that and that really oh, yeah. became a, a big emphasis. Um, now, in a, in a lot of cases, you didn't see this at say the recreational level, right? There was a lot of uh, those coaches that we interviewed, and you know, not a big deal. You know, we, we didn't see any, you know, crazy parents or anything like that. But certainly, that changed, and it changed uh, a lot when we started to take, talk to the. Uh, competitive to high performance coaches right right? and it was everything with politics with parents to politics with the organization not appreciating how they coach you know all those different things right Um, it was even to who they selected in a coach from year to year to year right so you know there was an example of one individual who said you know basically um, I, I was selected one year and then the next year I wasn't selected and they didn't really have a reason why but then partway through the year a coach, the coach that I had taken over for me wasn't doing really well. And then they asked me to come back. So it was like, oh, that's not a good feeling. Then it's, yeah. It was really not that, you know, and and there was a lot of those stories. So as so what we can learn from that is, is that as it goes higher, the politics start to increase, which is really no surprise because the competition and the competitive levels increase. So, right, right. So. Um, the um, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me at all. I think looking at all of this uh, for any sport organizers, administration, um, even head coaches who act kind of as the team manager, 
listening to this uh, should be hearing this and thinking really, okay, so my volunteers, the people who are helping me keep my program alive and running smoothly, I need to make sure that they're being taken care of and that they're feeling appreciated. There's nothing worse for a volunteer than someone who, who gives up all their time, comes in, and then feels like they haven't haven't had a thank you in their day. I, like, I feel like that goes such a long way. And if there's people who are willing to give up their jobs and time and um, yeah, a lot of money to, to be involved with these programs, um, they should feel like they're they're getting something back, even if it is a simple appreciation. Yeah, and I think I think that's a really important point because you know in most of these clubs, if not all of these clubs in New Brunswick, are, are nonprofit organizations. They don't run on paid staff or paid coaches. In most cases, they run on the backs of volunteers, and I think it's important that administration know that. In, and I and I know administration know, but. Um, that they recognize that, right? That research has shown that the biggest reason that a coach will come back to coach or a volunteer will come back to volunteer is that they feel value, right? right? And if they don't feel like they're being valued, then they're not going to come back and then you've lost somebody, right? And with this day and age, as much as, um, you know, as many people want to volunteer and everything, the reality of the situation is is the nine to five job is disappearing, right? Mm-hmm. Now you have the leaventh nine job you have less disposable income less time for people to actually take the time to volunteer as in the past so it makes it really important that these organizations recognize this and use it as a means to retain those coaches right figure out a way to make them feel valuable and 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 let them learn right i always talk about performance appraisals and and I hate that word. I mean, performance appraisals get you all anxious and mm-hmm. uptight. But if you use a word like if you go at it as an administrator and you take it as an approach to I want to help that person do better. Right. right. That is a much more better of an assessment of their year. Yeah. And it's much more of a positive outcome that they can learn from those mistakes. And coaches, you know, coaches always are wanting to learn. And that's in my experience. I've done a lot of research and coaching and they all, most of them that I talk to are always trying to learn. Right. Um, and I think about the I think about back to the politics and thinking, OK, a coach is likely if they feel like they're being too involved in the politics and it's becoming too stressful in their lives, they're likely to say, you know what, I'm done. This is too much. Not worth my time. Not worth my stress. Yeah. And I think I think the important part about the politics is, is that um, I think it becomes much more important that the manager or the administrator manage the politics as opposed to the coach. Right. And I think that let the coaches coach, let yeah. the coaches coach, let them do what they need to. I mean, if you have to step in because they're doing something wrong, right, that that's a different that's a different discussion point. But really, at the end of the day, it's all about let the coaches coach and it's up to the managers and having a strong leader to to to, you know, combat that politics or, you know, put that to put those politics aside. Right. Um so in your study, what were what were some of the more surprising finds that you found? Well, that you found? <laughs> well, I mean, the the there's a lot of findings to it. I mean, we 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 really did look at two. Uh, we ended up getting representation from 38 different sports. So it wasn't just like you know the typical hockey's football, you know, b- baseball kind of thing. We got it from everything. Um, I mean, some of the things we were expecting, you know, reasons for coaching. We were we were looking to see that I'm a parent, right? Coaching. 
which we didn't. The top three reasons was giving back to the sport, helping you sport and the general interest in sport. Right. I mean, those are those are very different than my kids, my kids participating in sport. So there was much more of that. I mean, the other some of the other interesting things we found at the recreation level, coaches are still coaching three times per week on average. That's that, a lot. That's a lot of times for a rec, at the recreation level. Um, competitive coaches are up to four times. And then, uh, you know, the high performance coaches are anywhere from five and up. Right. So, right. Right. It, it goes from there. Um, some of the, you know, travel, for example, I mean, the average distance that a, a person would travel in a season is about 500 kilometers. I mean, that seemed seem kind of low in some cases. Yeah. Especially if you're considering a, a traveling event or, um, yeah. or, uh, a longer season like that yeah 500 actually surprises me i would have expected more yeah few food for example uh which in some ways it is a surprise and in some ways it isn't a surprise and i'll tell you why it's a surprise um but the participants indicated that they didn't go to sit down restaurants they didn't pre-make their meals it was all about fast food why it's not a surprise is they're on the go they need to get something quick they're going to go to a fast food restaurant why it is a surprise in some ways is because I'm, I'm guessing because you're in sport, you're trying to preach about nutrition, right, healthy, healthy eating. eating. And you have these coaches eating Big Macs and and uh, McDonald's. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it, kind of it, counterintuitive, counterintuitive to what it was. Saying. The, the final thing I, I have to say about the surprising was we asked the, the, the participants to explain uh, in the survey, what were some expenses that we didn't think of? And to our surprise, there were some really interesting ones that came out. For example, the cost of having a telephone in your house, right? Or a cell phone, right? I mean, that right. you don't think about those things. Simple things like printing, right? Printing is actually a huge one. That's always a big, uh, that's always a weird area of contention I found in all the programs I've worked with because it's kind of one of those ones where you just expect people to kind of slide it under the radar. Maybe they like print something at work, like yeah. low key, but it's. It, it, printing is expensive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Like, I mean, I mean, even even if you think about tryouts for a game right, or a team, right? I mean, you you're at tryouts. You got to print out the roster sheets and right. everything, or right? stack of flyers, stack, to advertise. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah. So I mean, it, it really did come. Uh, some of the other ones, car repairs. Um, oh, yeah, right. yeah. You know that that correlates well with how many kilometers you're doing. But I mean, these people, you know, all the all the kilometers that they're putting on the cars, they have to repair them. It, whether that be tires. You know, I mean, even think about it uh, in New Brunswick, right? What's our biggest, what's one of our biggest issues in the wintertime? Weather, right? So we're going to have to go put, they're going to have to go put those, uh, those uh, winter Winter tires tires on. And those are not cheap. I mean, 600 bucks, 700 bucks, right? Uh, Just paying for the internet. Right. So yep. so this day and age, it's not about, you know, having those sit down meetings or typically over the telephone. Everything's about email, social media. Right. Yep. Um, more and more teams you see uh, gravitating towards having a team web uh, team Facebook page. That's the Internet. You have to use it. Right. Right. And becomes right. accessible. And it's not that all of these things aren't necessarily things you would have in your regular day to day life for other aspects of what you're doing, but it will eat up a big chunk of what you're doing right yeah, yeah yeah and the final one that i mean i well it's funny but it's not funny the one that i kind of think is pet babysitting um i think <laughs> i think that's one of the uh, a few people put that down is because i mean they want to have dogs they want to have cats they want to have birds 
Sure. Fish, whatever it is, <laughs> they they have those pets, um, but someone needs to take care of them when they right, go away. Look after your dog, right? Who's yeah, you can't always take them on the road trip. With That's you. right, absolutely right. I mean, uh, I have I have two dogs, and it costs us uh, almost fifty bucks just a day. You know, and oh my goodness! And then if you're away on the road for three or four days and a couple times a season, like it, it adds up. It y- seems like a little thing, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it totally plays into it. I um, I have to imagine there's a few more out there that are just weird little barriers like that as well that you're like I wouldn't even think about that as being a part of it but it's because as a coach you just so readily accept you know I'm just going to do whatever it takes to make it happen don't worry about me I'm gonna I'm gonna get it get it done that's such the attitude of of many coaches I've worked with um it's it's almost like it's an inherent part of it right it's like I'm gonna volunteer coach here's all the extra stuff that I'm not going to think about but I'm just going to naturally pay for it and do it Right. 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 It's just something I accept in the same way that you're like, I accept that I'm going to get up early in the morning yep. to get to practice or that I'm going to be on time or I'm going to uh, uh, give up time with my family to be with my other family, my team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. That is pretty eye opening. Um, and I don't want this 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 episode to sound like a big downer of like, oh, my gosh, coaching just sucks so much out of you because. I really think the benefits of, of working with teams and working to accomplish goals and competitive setting and or a recreational setting and, and seeing something through really in some instances outweighs the cost. Maybe maybe don't quit your job yeah. <laughs> to to volunteer coach. Uh, or do if that's a if that's a if that's a part of your life that you really, really find valuable. Yeah, you know what? And I'd have to agree. And I, I think what what the value of this research, it, again, it does sound uh, somewhat negative, but if I'm an administrator of a provincial or a community sport organization, the value for me is you know, for one, I know that the hotels that these organizations tend to go or sorry, these uh, coaches go to or the Comfort Inn, the Best Western, you know, the fuel that they use, that they typically go is they shop at Irving, Costco, uh, Petro Canada, Esso in that order. Right. I mean, those are those are the organizations that I would try to capitalize if I'm an executive director and say, listen, I there's this research out there that shows that coaches are going to these areas. So why don't you sponsor us? Why don't we make it you make that partnership or that connection and we can facilitate all of our coaches if they're not all going there and make those. So I, I mean, I really try to do it on a positive outlook or I try to think about, I would try to think about things like, you know, instead of giving them a Tim Hortons card uh, for a coffee, right. maybe it's better that you give them a gas card, right. right? Like maybe that's more right. Or, you know, here's, here's, you know, a grocery fi- card, a grocery card or something sure. like that. Right. I mean, those those become more valuable again to to somebody, and it's and it's what I want these organizations to start to start to think about. Totally, I think if you want if you want good people staying in your organizations and doing good work for you for a long time, you got to keep them happy, and you got to make sure that they exactly they feel value in what they're doing, and that they feel um, appreciated. Uh, even honestly, even just like making sure you're regularly thanking people, it's such a little thing. Something your mom taught you to do when you were young and maybe you've forgotten, but it's uh, so rare that people just get like a nice email in their inbox saying like, great, wor- great work this weekend. Like, I really appreciate it. You came through for us on this time and we, we really value, I, I value you as a part of our team. I think that goes a long, long way. Yeah. You know, and I really encourage, uh, you know, some of these nonprofit boards and stuff like that. 
go out to some of these games. I know you guys are busy. You might be on the board and right. But in, in a lot of cases, simply showing your face around and, and appreciating those coaches, just as, as you said, Ashley, those little things can can make a really big difference for a coach. And yeah, I think it's that really means something. Right. Yeah. Right. Like showing up at the pool. Right. And saying, hey, you know what? I just came by to see how regardless if you have a kid there and you don't have a kid. You know, just just wanted to see how you're doing. Anything, the, any concerns? But you know, at the end of the day, we just want to thank you because you're really helping out. I mean, that can go a hell of a That would be lot. amazing. And yeah. I and I know that a lot of uh, sport boards that there are parents that are involved, or even at, like masters athletes that are involved, um, and so they're probably around the community lots. But it it still goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Well, John, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us today. I feel. Uh, um, motivated to go out and, and thank all of my volunteer <laughs> coaches with our with our high school team and our novice programs um i my, my brain is just turning over thinking about all the different ways that we can help make sure that they're feeling supported and that they are valued members in our community and yeah my brain's turning i need to go off and uh, write some emails some thank you <laughs> emails right now <laughs> um any final words before we go no, I think I think we covered um, a lot of everything that I wanted, or you know, that we wanted to cover, and and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. And if you know, if if anybody does want to talk more about any of this, feel free to contact me, and uh, you certainly can contact Coach New Brunswick. They have all my email yep. and contact. I was gonna say we could even leave your email in the description of the of the podcast at the end. Of the sure, show. sounds good. Perfect. And if you want to uh, if you want to tweet at us, uh, you can reach us at at nb underscore coach underscore nb i know our twitter handle is a mouthful but uh if you guys tweet at us i will see it um you can also send me an email um but please remember to uh give us a five-star rating out on spotify or itunes wherever you're getting your podcast from um bookmark the website if that's where you're getting it from uh we really really appreciate it giving us those ratings and subscribing helps other listeners find our our podcast so that way we can I'll uh, talk more about coaching together because who doesn't want to just talk coaching all day long, right? Am I right? Absolutely. Okay, great. Well, uh, get to practice, guys, and we'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>